0: This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud
1: partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation You know, part of me right now, before we get started, is almost inclined to ask for some government-issued identification. Based on what we learned from Buddha Baker, I really want to know what your true identity is here and whether I should believe you or whether you need to produce identification. Danny Sarek allegedly, uh, Darren Urban ostensibly, Paul Calvisi, I can confirm sources close to me, it is Paulie Podcast on this edition of Cardinals Underground. Unlike Buddha Baker, who walked into a barn, what was his alias, Danny?
2: James. A dentist named James.
1: So there, I'm going with Bo Whitlock. There are two kinds of people in this world there are those who have an alias and those who do not. Darren, which category do you fall into?
0: Well, clearly, if I'm going
1: with Bo Whitlock, I'm going Bo to Bo go, Whitlock. Yeah. Is that like out of the Dukes of Hazzard? What no, is that?
0: No, it's a, uh, I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but. Well, uh, oh,
1: this is a real thing. You're not kidding.
0: Oh no! I mean, I. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a character for a long time ago. Talked about book that I thought about writing. Yes.
1: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Damn. Or we
0: could go Paul Cordova.
1: <laughs> Paul Cordova. Yeah,
0: okay. I'm not going to go there. The person that that I'm stealing that from was the. We we probably shouldn't get too deep into that. That, that was some false ID.
1: Wasn't that a really poorly made car back in the seventies? The Cordova, or was that the Cor- Nobody's Dova going with McLovin, ever, though. You
0: know. I guess so.
1: Eno Benjamin told us yesterday before we even knew. Well, I guess it was in response to Budabaker that yes, he does have an alias that he goes with his last name first. So Eno goes by Ben. When well, that's he, pretty good. So those people, like if he's on the road maybe in a hotel room, he wants to you know, protect his privacy, that kind of thing is his, his accessibility, if you will. He goes by Ben, and those close to him know him as Ben if they can't find Eno. See, that none of us sense. can really do that.
2: No, if you were to see my ID, it wouldn't say Danny Serek though, like you said it would in the intro.
0: What would it say? Danielle. Oh, wow.
2: Just saying. That's not but exactly. But I should have an alias.
0: Well, I don't maybe, know what
2: I'd use it for, but. Okay. Well. That's not funny, Darren. We've moved on from that.
1: Well, you know what? We're not too far removed from the intro. If Darren wants to apologize. No. Yeah, if, let's
2: go back to the apology intro. If, if he wants to like apologize again.
1: You Danny,
0: know. Danny leaned into me during one of the press conferences the other day and, and wanted me to ask Antoine Wesley, who went bowling.
2: Darren was too chicken to ask. Oh, I didn't see you asking. Well, because I know the answer. I gave him plenty of flack out on the field.
1: <laughs> so, so in the press conference setting, it would have been a little self serving for you to ask the question, hence, you asked Darren to pose the question. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Of course. I gotcha. All right. Our Jim Omohundra says you might want to go with Emily Rugburn from Almost Famous, would be a decent alias, maybe. Emily Rugburn. I haven't seen that movie,
2: I don't, I, I don't know that reference.
1: I've seen the movie, but I I don't have <laughs> now the, we've offended Oma. I, I, I don't have the recollection or memory bank of Jim O'Mahandro, even though I've the seen one the movie. Someone I can
2: look up. Do I look like this <laughs> person? Just,
0: um, I, I oh. don't know I don't know if a name of Rugburn would be all that
2: <laughs>
0: proper. Yeah. Well,
1: what was revealing from Danny actually earlier this week is oh, when no. she went into her Texas accent, which she claims what? not to have.
2: Whoa whoa whoa! It was during
1: a department meeting. You guys were both on the Zoom, and she used the phrase "That was all, y'all." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She did, didn't she? That was all, y'all.
2: <laughs> There's th- a I difference I, of like if I say y'all, that means like yeah. the two of you, and if I say all y'all, that would be three or more. <laughs> right? I didn't know <laughs> that I needed God. to explain that. that so I said
1: somebody. Are we recording this? Somebody ripped that segment out and proved to Danny that she has a Texas accent. I don't
2: think I have an accent. Every I think once it's really in a while, just whenever I say y'all,
1: yeah, maybe, maybe just you know the lexicon a little bit, a little bit, you know. So there you go. Okay. By the way, you guys realize. That Buddha Baker gave everyone the answer to the question that we 've all been wondering about that all you' all been wondering about ever since the thirty four eleven lackluster playoff loss the two word question to which we have yet to have an answer until Buddha Baker got up there and provided it. The question was what happened, and how many times have we talked about we might not ever know what happened not only in the playoff loss but the end of the season. And Buddha Baker said a three-word answer: "Guys got comfortable." I mean, your reaction?
0: Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was. I mean, if that's what we're going with, what happened? I you, I, I you, guess I could got, do it,
1: but you got to the verge of the playoffs with ten wins, and then theoretically, guys got comfortable. I
0: I guess I guess I could see that. I I I. To me, if you get comfortable, that should not that should not filter out to uh, a playoff game like we saw.
2: I wonder if that it would make more sense to me to to say that players got comfortable when they went on that losing skid. I wouldn't know that it was just the playoff game and that's when players were comfortable. I, no,
0: I, and that's kind of where Paul was saying Right, Right, yeah. but, you
2: know, not, yeah, more the end of the season of they got comfortable with how they were winning and the mentality maybe that got them there shifted or maybe wasn't as strong. And then I feel like they just could not dig themselves out of the hole.
0: I guess I see in 2008, the same thing. That's what happened is they got off to a great start and that team got comfortable and they were terrible down the stretch, but they figured it out and they played better in the playoffs. And I guess that's what I struggle with is if you're, if it's just a comfortability factor, I mean, the Rams won a Super Bowl. I'll give them that. But as we saw in every single one of their other postseason games, they weren't they weren't that team. They weren't – they that team was not 20 points better than the Cardinals. That team lost to the Cardinals once, and then the second time, I didn't even think the Cardinals played very well in that Monday night game. They didn't. And they only lost by seven.
1: Correct. So – And Kyler I, didn't play very well in the Monday night game either. No. He had two picks and no touchdown so passes. So I don't
0: – I, I struggle with the comfortability as the reason, to me. Now, maybe that was part of the reason, but it it feels deeper than that. But, I, you know, Although I've moved
1: on. the big obvious difference, and actually I think you chronicled this a little bit in Cardinals Folktales within the past calendar year, the big difference was Kurt Warner. Was Kurt yeah. Warner going into the playoffs? And I'm not here just to make the playoffs yeah. – that this, or, this group in this locker room is, seems too comfortable making the playoffs. That's not the end of the journey. That's not the last box we want to check. So it took a veteran quarterback who'd won a Super Bowl to basically with a big boot in the rear of the entire locker room to kind of mo- make sure that there wasn't a letdown in the postseason. And obviously the Cardinals, that iteration of the team, was missing that, was missing a Kurt Warner who'd been there and done that and led a team to a Lombardi trophy so I I thought that was interesting especially in light of 24 hours earlier we got the news as Blake Shelton tweeted out oh this is good this 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 ties in with Danny the Blake Shelton tweet and I quote ask me how excited I am for this dot 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 actually don't dot 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 I don't think y'all can handle it (laughs) dot 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 let's go Cardinals And by the way, Darren, just so you know it's equal opportunity around here, he used a number of exclamation points. Just to let you know, know, there were a lot of exclamation points on Blake Shelton's tweet. I understand that. So those were for you. The all was for Danny. But Hard Knocks is coming, and I think it relates to what Buda Baker said. I think it's by design. I think the fact that Hard Knocks in season documents the last half of a season exactly where the Arizona Cardinals have struggled the last couple of years I think there's cause and effect. We got the news. I was filling in for Wolf. Wolf making all married men look bad and actually took a Monday off. He took the warrior queen on a birthday romantic getaway. I cannot believe Wolf had the foresight to actually plan that. Nobody tell my wife that Wolf made that happen.
0: Quick aside, I've never heard anybody refer to his wife as the warrior queen other than Wolf. (laughs) That just was very jarring for me okay go
1: ahead maybe that maybe we'll edit that out later you're right i (laughs) I, i'm not sure that i've been granted the ability i don't know if i have the rights to actually you know the legal rights to actually use that phrase but it's all an appreciation it's wolf it's wolf lexicon right there so he was gone i was sitting in the news came down live on the air and i'm telling you that was my initial reaction it's still my reaction that the decision makers at Cardinals HQ said, "You know what? If there's going to be another late-season El foldo or fade, this locker room's going to own it. We're going to put more onus that your name will be on it, your likeness will be on it. You're going to sign off on it, and the and the cameras cameras will be there to document it, if necessary. And then, what did Cliff Kingsbury say to the media, Danny? He said he he cited what happened to the Colts." They went from a three and five team that ripped off six out of seven
2: and Kingsbury also said that in his experience a lot of times when the cameras are on people tend to step up their games Hello. And, and take it take it up a notch and maybe that's what this team needs is something different to figure out how to avoid that second half slump and maybe having cameras in your face and being watched on national television every week and people constantly talking about this team and what they're seeing from the work ethic and the effort and practice and all of that stuff maybe that's what this team needs to to not get comfortable the way Buda Baker said that they got last year. It
0: is going to be interesting to me because, Paul, you and I lived through all or nothing, and that was just such a different vibe be, for a couple of different reasons. One, um, the camera crew was, there was a couple more people, but it, there wasn't a lot. And unless you were looking for it, it was it wasn't easy to necessarily see that there was this whole other project going on. And on top of that, and more importantly, I think, it wasn't going to be shown until well after the season was over. Whereas not only, I think, are you going to have a lot more cameras around, but everybody knows about it. And more importantly, these things are going to get broadcast before you play the very next game. So when you talk about essentially putting people on blast on a week-to-week basis, I don't think there's any question about it. And now you wonder how much of that... uh, how much of that impacts them positively. Like, as Cliff Kingsbury said, this can be a motivational tool if you use it the right way. But, I mean, let's face it, there's guys on this team, including the quarterback, that I don't know love the camera like that, and now they're going to be forced to be in it. It's I, I'm going to be interested to see how that all goes.
2: And being mic'd up.
1: Yes. And the reason they didn't need necessarily – a number of camera crews and they weren't that intrusive is because there were robo cams in like every meeting room. There were robo cams and microphones embedded. And you'll still see that all over the facility, but, and, but, but obviously the players are aware. Yes. And, and I, if memory serves, the cameras had a red light. So if you were sitting in your meeting room and the camera embedded in the wall or the ceiling and the red light was on, you knew that was being recorded. And so, But still, there was great content in All or Nothing that came out of the DB room, especially Tyron Matthew and and just some of the speeches that were delivered Patrick Peterson back in the day. But to your point, Danny, about what Cliff Kingsbury said, here's the quote. In my experience, whenever cameras are around, people step up, players and coaches. You want to be on your A game. So it can be a motivational tool if you approach it the right way. We obviously struggled the back half of last season, so guys will perk up when the cameras are around. You don't want to look bad on camera. It's human nature, so it can be a real push. So, honestly, if I'm the head coach, if I'm the GM, if I'm the owner, and I'm looking, okay, that's two years in a row. What do we do in response to a late-season fade? What can we do? Well, I would not be surprised if they placed a call to HBO and Hard Knocks and said, why don't you bring the cameras in? My hand is up. I volunteer to be the team that you can document over the second half of this
2: season. I think the Cardinals, even trying to take a step back, you know, obviously we're so ingrained into working here in the facility and for the team, but I I think the Cardinals make a lot of sense to be the team for in-season for Hard Knocks. You have a young, very good quarterback who is trying to get that deal done. That might happen before the camera crews get here. You have your GM and your head coach who just signed extensions. This team, you're right, we've talked about had a really great start to the season and then a slump and they're, you know, had their first playoff appearance in, what was it, seven years, eight years, and trying to come back from that. You have the unfortunate drama for the Cardinals of having your best wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the first six games and the way that the offense struggled last year there's just a lot of components that i think make this team very attractive to be hard knocks and be on hard knocks and they do have a lot of good personalities i see the db room again being an area of high intrigue for getting some great content
0: it was funny listening to buddha he he compa- he was comparing the all or nothing in the in that and that group and it was more of a veteran group back then and now he's talking about when he was a rookie uh, obviously he wasn't on all or nothing but when when he got there all those guys were still there and and how they were a veteran group and now he's like we're all young guys and I'm thinking but yeah but you're a veteran like you this is your 5th season so like are you really still that young guy it's 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 funny listening to it i i, I would be curious about that that db's group um, there's 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 some intriguing people in the locker room assuming they want to really be actively part of this I'm sure they'll be asked to be actively part of this, but whether they want to or not, I'm, I'm sure will uh, impact something. It's funny, Zach Ertz was talking about, I'm sure the Cardinals will have some rules and hopefully I can put some of my own rules in there. And it's interesting because I think Zach Ertz is one of the more open and uh, media-friendly players you'll come across, And but he definitely came across as somebody like, I don't know if he necessarily loves this idea. And, you know, I, I, I'm curious to know how much he wants to be in this too.
2: Well, there's a big difference of somebody like Zach Ertz, who is great with the media and open with all of us. And then, you know, but that's what, once a week answering questions. Once out about, a week. Right? And, and, and you now, know it's coming. Right. And, and you have an idea calm. of right what's going to happen. And now it's constantly having cameras and all that in your face and in your meeting rooms and everything going on. Now, of course, the Cardinals will end up having final say over what? makes the final cut and what doesn't but i would imagine there's a little bit of concern for a lot of these players of i don't want to say the wrong thing i don't want to you know we're talking about a play or something i don't want to offend necessarily a teammate in their you know the wrong way or something like that or have it come off that i'm not working hard or anything like that so it'll be interesting to see who really shines in hard knocks and who's maybe a little more reserved with all that all
1: right so who's the underrated star Six months from now, this is going to hit the air. And who do you think is going to make a name for themselves?
2: I mean, we know the big names who are going to shine, right? Probably J.J., Buddha, Kyler.
0: See, I think Hump is going to have a big role.
2: I said that on Red Sea Report. I think that he – Well, I didn't hear you. I'm just agreeing with you (laughs) if you would let me finish.
1: All right, Bickersons. How about DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh together? The two of them are kind of a – they're kind of a two-man game. They're a comedy group, the two of them.
2: I think the other duo is Isaiah Simmons and Marco Wilson. They are fun together. They love to dance, like out at practice, joke around, have a good time. Two young players, you know, really growing into their roles on the defense – If we're going to look at maybe like a rookie or someone, because that's what they also really like to focus on, especially in the beginning, I feel like somebody like Christian Matthew, the DB, would make a lot of sense. Hmm. The Walmart, you know, almost wanted to take a managerial role with Walmart and then his girlfriend and his mom told him to stick, you know, give football a shot. That seems like a very hard knocks story to follow.
0: I would agree, except to this level. One, you're talking about a seventh round pick. And let's, this isn't, training camp. So, we are not only going to be halfway through a regular season, all the roles are going to be extremely defined at that point. And if I had to make a bet right now, Christian Matthew at best it would be special teams if that. And so, I'm trying to think of guys that are definitely going to be around. That's the other thing is we we talk about JJ Watts going to be that's assuming JJ Watts healthy at the, that point because we don't know what might happen with the season and that's the that's the actually to me the most fascinating part of hard knocks in season is that it doesn't start until the very end of or halfway through the year. So at least all or nothing you 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 follow the whole thing and in theory everybody when they get started is healthy and even if it starts falling apart you follow that all the way whereas you don't know what the start the start of this show the story of the team is already going to be halfway told and it's going to be very interesting to see how, what's being, at what point you're picking up that storyline because so much can happen in terms of what's happening on in the win and loss column and what players are playing and who's having a good season, who's not, and who got hurt and all that stuff.
1: But it is very curious, is it not, that this show will pick up where the Cardinals season has tailed off the last two years. And it brings that extra layer of accountability. So players might not be totally in favor of it necessarily because it's going to be invasive. It's going to be intrusive. And they're going to have to be aware. Head on a swivel, where's the camera? But guess what? I think it's by design. Once again, I think the decision makers said, what can we do? We thought we guarded against it the end of this season, but it happened this season before as well. Let's make sure it doesn't happen a third season in a row, and if it does, your name's going to be on it.
2: Kingsbury also had a funny joke when he was asked who he thinks the superstar might be. He laughed and said, I would love for them to fall around DeHop. Those six weeks he's suspended, he's trying to stay in the loop on how he's looking. I was
1: going to say, that's because he has a self-vested interest in that, right? What exactly is my star all-pro receiver doing during those six weeks when I'm not supposed to have contact with him? The other underrated star, I think you guys would agree, is Dennis Gardeck, right? Come on now. Of course. Gardeck with his How I Got Here, How I Got Started, what's the name of the series, Cardinals YouTube. How I Got Here. How I (laughs) Got Here. I mean, he is an absolute natural. Him and Marcus Golden together. Because Marcus is great on camera as well. Yeah. And just the effervescent energy. That's a good word there, Darren. AZCardinals.com. I'm writing it down. Just uh, and, and just the two of those guys together I could see being good on camera. And they could be uh, favorites of the HBO producers. So we'll see. We'll see. Darren will be in there because they always use, you know, Darren's questions from press conferences. Danny, they'll incorporate some Danny's of
0: your – already been a hard-knock star, so we don't need Stars to Star is a
2: stretch.
1: Is that true? Really? Oh, because the Cowboys recently. All right, do tell. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. what Was do tell. Was it just a cameo or were you a regular in the Cowboys hard knocks?
2: No, it was a cameo. The Cowboys, it was during training camp where the Cowboys spend the first half out in California and then they come back to the star in Frisco. I was in Frisco for all of training camp, so I was only really around the crew, the back half. And with COVID restrictions, we were not allowed on that side of the building anyway. Um, as employees so I, I didn't have a lot of interaction with them what Darren is referring to is the episode where it was about the Cowboys returning to Texas the famous drone shot that went over the star the district all the shops and it went through the truck and it went through the into our facility I made a cameo in that because I was a quote-unquote fake reporter doing a fake stand-up um, about the team returning. So they had me do a stand up in the indoor facility and say my name and do a quick little read while the drone shot was zooming past me. So that is what Darren is referring to.
0: I, uh, I did get, I only, I, it's funny for all the cameras that were around that whole all or nothing season. I only made, I think one appearance. Really? Yeah. There was a question. I asked David Johnson, a question in the St. Louis Rams locker room, visiting locker room after a win there. And they used that whole question. I forget what it was, but Hmm. It was a solid question. I look sharp in my suit, but that was all they used for me.
1: All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, once again, Cliff Kingsbury talking about how Chris Ballard told him it really did provide a shot in the arm, the Colts GM. Now, the downside for the Colts was they won six out of seven, but their last win was the third to last game of the year against the Cardinals on Christmas night, and then they lost their last two. They lost against the Raiders in a tight one and a miserable, heinous loss at Jacksonville that was documented for the entire world to see. That was the one episode I did see because it was such a train wreck that I I tuned it in almost rubbernecking like, oh my gosh, I got to get a glimpse at the aftermath of that loss. It knocked him from the playoffs and ultimately cost Carson Wentz his job. And it was bad. I mean, Chris Ballard was smoking hot and, and the owner, Jim Irsay, was incensed. He wanted answers, and, I mean, there will be blood. I I was surprised somebody didn't get fired on the spot. And so, you know, emotions are raw. When you have the playoffs in your hand, all you need to do is beat Jacksonville, and you lose in in really heinous fashion. And so, that that's the downside is, uh, you know, it's all going to be there to be documented. So, all right, and to Darren's point, we don't know who's going to actually be on the roster at that point. For example, as we record this, multiple reports say the Cardinals have come to terms with Daryl Williams, the former Kansas City Chiefs running back, who, by the way, just turned 27 within the last month, former undrafted guy out of LSU. has really had a few key moments for Kansas City, including two years ago when Clyde Edwards-Alaire was injured, and he really made a name for himself. And even last year, he started seven out of 17 games and still had more than a 1,000 yards from scrimmage. The Chiefs had three players with a 1,000-plus yards from scrimmage. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Daryl Williams. Interesting. And it, I
2: believe it was six rushing touchdowns, two receiving, and zero fumbles. This really isn't a huge surprise, and we've talked about it on the podcast, of not feeling that the Cardinals were done addressing the running back position. Because you have James Conner, you lost Chase Edmonds in free agency, and – who were you going to pair with James Conner? You, you have to give him a break, especially the way that he plays. And what's the confidence level that you are 100% sure that can be Eno Benjamin or Jonathan Ward? And so it's not entirely surprising that this is the route they're taking to bring in another running back. And the reports also said that Patrick Mahomes supposedly vouched for Williams as well.
0: I mean, I, I, and I've mentioned it before, like you said, that I thought that running back was a place that they might look. I mean, we've all we've talked about Eno Benjamin a bunch of times. I think the fact that they're at, they are probably going to add Williams, and that they drafted Ingram probably says a little bit about where they are with Eno. Um, although it's a position that you got to continue to add to um, because of potential injuries and because of how I think Steve Kime looks at the running backs uh, position now. They gave some money to James Conner. They did, um, but for the most part, uh, you know. These guys are people you're going to kind of move on from quickly because you can find somebody else and you're going to find it for, you know, a certain amount of money. I mean, I Daryl Williams visited the team weeks ago, and I'm sure one of the reasons uh, it is or has taken this long has to do with Daryl Williams wanting more money and he wasn't going to get it. And and I, I think I brought up on the podcast already where they did that. St- the, somebody looked at the study from like the last eight, ten years that said the only difference between running backs uh, based on where they're getting drafted is how much they get paid. There There is no difference, real difference, in terms of productivity for the most part.
1: Interesting. You know what else, too? I talked to someone in the, know in the personnel department. They said they love his mental makeup, that there's a reason he made it in the NFL as an undrafted rookie, that he is – He is absolutely locked in. He is a real competitor. He's intense. And the more dogs they add to that locker room, the better. I think that has definitely been uh, a part of the process and something they really value. And he has that reputation as being a tenacious football player on game day, Daryl Williams. So that's interesting, and and we'll find out when we will or will not see him during the offseason. Which brings us to Kyler Murray. Darren, big deal, not a big deal. What do you make of the fact that Kyler Murray is not in attendance and it's not a surprise, according to Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, says he does expect him to be in attendance in time for the mandatory minicamp?
0: Well, I mean, I, if you're worried about money, um, you don't want to skip a mandatory thing because that's going to cost you money, so that doesn't make any sense to me that he would miss that. Um, look, I, I tend to lean towards... If it was all, if it's just me, I'm I'm more of the Buddha Baker, Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt camp, which is, uh, I would want to be here. It's voluntary though, and I think that's very important. And I think it's also very important to note that Kyler Murray isn't the only guy that hasn't been showing up to voluntary work. There is actually quite a few veterans that aren't showing up to voluntary work. And I understand he's the quarterback, and I understand that makes it a little bit different uh, than some of the other positions, but. Um, you know, I think people making the jump, I'm sure a chunk of it is contract related, but I think people making this assumption that if he didn't have a contract situation, it would be different. uh, he didn't, he didn't come to all the OTAs last year. Uh, he came Mm. to mandatory mini camp and there were OTAs. So I, I, I just, I think he's going to be one of those guys who prefers to work out at home. Probably like a number of players that are going to be on this roster continually. I mean, Hollywood Brown's not here. He's, he has actually been here for a couple of the phase two things, but I think some guys just would rather not be at some of them or not be at all of them. I don't know. And um, I think that's something you're going to have to kind of figure out. Now you can, if he gets a new contract, you could do something about that. Now he may or may not want that money, but you could put a chunk of that money into uh, participation in the voluntary offseason stuff and make it, you know, you get this amount of money if you show up to these things. And that that can tend to motivate a guy. But I don't know if he's going to be willing to do that.
2: I wonder, too, just coming off two years of COVID and players realizing, you know, maybe I, I can do more on my own and still be good when I come out from minicamp and things like that. And I think you're right of if Kyler Murray had a contract already, would that guarantee 100% he would be here at OTAs? I'm not sure that number is 100%. Um, I, I said it before. OTA started in our last podcast. I'm not shaking in my boots over this. Would it be great if he were out here for a leadership camaraderie standpoint? Absolutely. However, it's it's not a concern in my mind of is Kyler Murray putting in the work he needs to Is he you know getting ready, working out back home in Dallas, and doing what he needs to do. I think this just might be the way it kind of looks from here on out for you know, some players of not participating in voluntary OTAs.
0: I've made this point in the mailbag and a couple other places before. Like the NFLPA last year, it started with COVID, but they're trying to COVID, regardless of COVID, they're trying to get to a point where they make sure players understand they don't have to be here. It's voluntary. So if you volunteer to be here, great. And if you don't, there should be nothing wrong with that, and teams need to understand that. And I think that's why you have a lot of veterans not here right now. I mean, if you go back to the 20 – and that was a new coach, 2019 with Cliff or even Steve Wilks, um, the, there was pretty close to 100% participation in the offseason. Mm. And I think you see across the league, it's – it's not the same and it's not just it's not just about contracts anymore. Guys are just trying to take control of their own offseason
1: See, I wanna go off on a rant. I really do. But I fear that I'll sound like the get off my lawn guy because the new NFL is as you described it, Darren, and we all have to get used to it. At the same time, Kyler Murray is not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up to Packers OTAs and Matt LaFleur is quoted as saying, yeah, I talked to him last night. We talked some X's and O's, some of how I'm evolving the offense in the playbook, what he can expect, what he might want to take a look at in his own time. Uh, and then he added, but Aaron's in good spirits, which is, you know, good stuff. Okay, that's great. All right, but he's got four MVPs and he's got a ring. Kyler Murray's looking for a $200 million contract. And he's trying to build his place in the NFL and He's the face of a franchise that lost miserably in the playoffs. And so I tend to err towards, you know what, not only should he be here, but I think the team has a realistic expectation of expecting him to be at these OTAs. Now, that's okay. not the reality. I get it. Right. But considering his particular circumstance and the fact he has some new receivers to get used to, I don't dismiss that. I don't dismiss the chemistry in, in trying to get that precision in the routes and the connection and working with the receivers. It's one of the few things that I think is actually beneficial to working on air during an OTA.
0: I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if doing that for a handful of throws ten more times in the summer changes considering how many times you do it in training camp.
1: Uh, Now, you know, Benjamin did tell us in that very seat you're sitting in that Kyler has been running his own workouts outside Dallas. So how many of those workouts who exactly has been in attendance, we don't know. But everything that Patrick Mahomes supposedly has been doing, and Travis Kelsey has documented that in Texas, Kyler Murray has been doing a lot of that just in his own home area.
0: And and again, I guess going back to what you originally said, would it be nice? Yeah. And if Cliff Kingsbury said it himself – I, as a coach, you want to have everybody there, but it's that's not how it works. And you say, as a as a player trying to get a contract, how is he hurting himself? I mean, I, he's not going to not get a contract because he's not here.
2: It's voluntary.
0: It's voluntary. And more, more, and and more than that, a team's not going to say. And I don't care what team it is. A team's not going to say, well, if you're not going to show up to voluntary OTAs, we're not going to pay you. That's not how it
1: works. No, I'm not saying he's compromising his negotiating position or right. leverage. No, in fact, he's probably enhancing it by withholding services in a uh, way. Yeah. In a way. You know. But like I said, I
0: don't know if yeah. he would yeah. be here anyway.
1: But as Drew Stanton said this week on the Red Sea Report, you know, longtime NFL quarterback, 13 years in the league, he said it's not ideal. He said it's his team. And after that playoff loss – yeah, I'd like him to be out here. This is Drew Stanton. He goes, I get the reality of the situation, and there's a contract hanging in the balance, and this is part of the whole gamesmanship and the back and forth and the leverage. He said, I get it, and I'm not one to be critical of quarterbacks, but in an ideal world, yes, he's out here because it's his team. And I think that does make a difference, whether it's a running back or a defensive lineman or a wide receiver. It's different when you're the quarterback.
0: I don't disagree with you there.
1: And so, So here's the question, if he gets his –
0: what are you saying i know you're talking about the contract but if he gets his contract what if he's not out here next year for for voluntary stuff
1: um so what's the question what do i make of that i mean
0: it's funny that i you, mean you're if you're rating, up the contract but i i really i'm not 100 percent sure the contract has a lot to do with the ota part of it
1: i mean honestly whether it's aaron Rodgers or anyone else in the $40 million a year category, yeah, I think you should make time to be out there and be leading your team, especially would, Aaron Rodgers. Think of the new receivers you. Aaron Rodgers has. You're, you're,
0: I, so I'll be if honest, you're asking
1: my I, personal opinion, yes, all of the above should be in attendance with all those teams.
0: I, I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, ultimately, I believe in that.
2: I agree. I think it is just not necessarily something to hold against him that he's not out here for voluntary OTAs, and also to remember just because he's not posting his workouts by himself with his teammates, whomever, doesn't mean it's not happening. I think that's easy to forget, too, in this day and age of, oh, if you didn't post your workout, did you even work out, right? Like, it's just, I'm not trying to necessarily, you know, defend every move Kyler Murray makes. I just think, you know, to some extent, you you can only get so much fair criticism, and, you know, then it's just like, well, you don't even necessarily probably know what you're talking about. I
0: I had a... A good conversation about this with a former player, not Larry Fitzgerald, um, about a former with a former player about Kyler and the situation and and all this stuff we're talking about and the one thing that we were agreeing on, which I I think is once the the contract is coming, I truly believe the contract is coming at some point. Agreed. Okay. I don't know anything, but I believe that's coming.
1: What about the day before mandatory minicamp? There's a big press conference. Maybe. Because if they're expecting him to come for mandatory minicamp, is that just because it's mandatory and I'm here so I don't get fined? Or is it because they all know it's tracking towards a big announcement I and can, him signing the line that is dotted right before, right on June 13th?
0: I'm going to tell you right now, If I think it's June 12th, and if they announce the day before minicamp, maybe it is the 13th, that he signed a contract uh, our entire department will go upstairs and beat the living tar out of Steve kine because that's media day, and there is a ton of stuff that has to be done that day. Roll, roll. and roll. Are you putting
2: words in my mouth? Squeezing actions in, in, in my a press, hands. S-
1: Send sque- Danny up there. Squeezing in a press conference would not be ideal. But anyways, Danny can bust in with a Batman line. I'm vengeance. One. When- <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I'm that. sorry. I just wanted to vengeance, say that. Um <laughs> If it look he on gets her paid, face right now. I'm trying
2: to think if... I think Dark Knight's the only Batman I've ever seen, so. Oh, it's the new
1: Batman. The Batman. Yeah, God, okay. See, the new
2: Batman. see the new Batman. I'm just a it's disappointment to the mix. two of you always. Do you I'm have three and a half
1: hours? You've got to set aside three and a half hours, but it's worth That's it. That's
0: true. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if he gets paid, then, and this is what I was talking to the player about, like, everything... Everything is kind of bent on his shoulders anyways. It really... It really goes on his shoulders. And once you get that payment, then people are going to be looking about, are you showing up to voluntary stuff? Are you doing this? You mean the scrutiny
1: really ratchets up. I I,
0: I think there's an expectation when you're getting paid that, that you not only have to do all these things, but you're obligated to do them because you're getting paid that. Now, I... the the voluntary stuff will remain voluntary, whether he's getting paid $5 million salary or $40 billion salary, just like it is for every other player. But I do think the, the, the viewpoint, the perspective is going to continue to change, and that also is impacted by what they do on the field. I mean, if, if they win 13 games this year and win a playoff game or two, and then he doesn't show up to OTAs next year, I don't think anybody's going to say boo, but... No.
1: Well, you're right. I mean, with that contract comes, uh, let's just say, um, much more intense pressure and evaluation from the Monday morning quarterbacks who are going to start every sentence with, well, you make $40 million a year, dot, 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 fill in the blank. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that?
2: There's always criticisms either way, whatever happens.
1: But I'm with Darren. I do expect a contract to be coming and probably within the next month. What do you think? You're going to take the over or the under on that, Danny Sarek?
2: A month would be June 24th.
1: Mid-June, before or after. Because you realize, once again, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, is reporting that Kyler's not showing up until he gets a new contract. Michael Irvin, NFL Network Studios, less than two weeks ago, in a segment about the schedule and talking about the Cardinals' tough schedule, out of nowhere throws in, oh, yeah, I was sitting next to Kyler at a Mavs playoff game, and he told me, he ain't playing without a new deal.
2: If those are true, and the fact that Kingsbury said he expects Kyler Murray to be here for minicamp, then I'm going to say the under. I think it'll happen. Hopefully, not the day before on media day, but uh, maybe the week before minicamp. I think there's Mid-gym- a lot of
0: wiggle room there, though, guys. I mean, I think you could he could come to minicamp and just not. He could just stand and watch
2: not really participate. And
0: not participate and protect himself. I, I don't I don't think it's a lock that and I don't when I hear I'm not gonna play, I I think I think maybe not playing games, maybe. I maybe. mean I again here's the issue that he has because of uh again, and this is all with the thought process for me that a deal is gonna get done at some point. Um I think that uh he can only hold out so long in training camp without it harming his pocketbook and or put a year of accrued on his... I mean, you could hurt yourself if you sit out a season, and I don't I don't think that would come to it because I think once you get to that point, you're also talking about irreparable damage to the relationship, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do think it's got to get done sometime between... Either gets done between now and the end of minicamp or it gets done like right at the beginning of training camp, which is still possible. I I don't think it's out of the out of the realm of possibility that he shows up to mandatory minicamp, doesn't do a whole lot, but understands they're progressing and he lets them know, hey, I'm not going to do anything without a contract. And then it gets done. I don't know. Report day of training camp. I mean, training camp is they're barely going to do anything for the first five days because they're not allowed to basically. So there's some There's some room there if you start closing in on a deal,
1: yeah, there's truth in that, no doubt about it um and of course, you know there was Cliff Kingsbury uh using as sort of a deadpan one liner when someone asked him a specific about not having Kyler and Hollywood Brown work together in front of him on the Cardinals fields. He said, "Well, I'm familiar enough with that on the receiving end at texas tech i've I've already seen that uh, front and center, so Okay, and you know if Kyler and Hollywood are working together outside the Dallas area, maybe everyone will be pleasantly surprised when training camp starts and there's a lot more chemistry than you ever knew because no one quite has a grasp on exactly how much is being accomplished in Texas. We'll see. I do know that I saw this, and this is something that they might want to print out and put on the walls in that locker room right now. Did anybody happen to catch the power rankings from Peter King's Football Morning in America?
0: It's my favorite topic, Danny. Power rankings.
1: Darren, let me
2: guess where the Cardinals are.
1: Mandatory power rankings. We'll call this just for Darren. We had the ESPN ranking that actually had the Cardinals ninth. That was a week or so ago. This is that, a that quite ninth different one, that ranking. That wasn't a
0: power ranking though. That was that was actually FPI, which was based on like if you played teams on an on a neutral field, where would you rank? And the Cardinals ranked the ninth. But that wasn't a power rank. That wasn't subjective. That was actually based on some kind of statistics some sort of analytics okay
1: so you're
2: saying this is offensive if you would want it up in the locker room as motivation
1: oh yes yes indeed
2: i'm gonna say i'll
1: give you the top three buffalo one chargers two kc three rams four green bay five
0: paul forgot how to count
1: niners are 10th cleveland is 18th
2: let me guess let me guess cardinals are 27th
1: Wow. Okay. You know what? Let's print out Danny's power rankings and no, put no, Danny's no, power no, ranking no, up no, no, no. in the locker room right now. That's Danny has officially I... become motivation as no. she's become the hater you, that the you team will feed up. off of. That Paul, was That's something
2: harsh. Darren would do. I would have never expected something like <laughs> that from you.
1: Nineteen. That was is,
2: my guess. Here.
1: Here. Here's where. Here's where. Twenty second is where the Cardinals are. Spit it out, Calvi. See, they're twenty second. Okay.
2: I really wasn't that but, far off. No.
1: Here's the outrage. And unbeknownst to you, here's where you really should be insulted if you're the Arizona Cardinals. You know who's ranked number 20? The Lions. Detroit is ranked two spots ahead of the Cardinals in this power rankings as of May 2022. I mean, the utter audacity of it all, right? I mean, them them's fighting words right there. When you have the Lions at 20 and the Cardinals so at 22 it, in a power have, rankings.
2: Who does it have below the Cardinals? The, the, Steel- the Steelers
1: them. are at 23, the Giants are at 24, and the Seahawks, I'm sorry, the last place Seahawks are 25th in this power rankings, just to let you know. So, But Cleveland is at 18, the Lions are at 20, are you the surprised- Cardinals are at 22. You,
0: uh, I'm just curious, why are you surprised Cleveland is at 18? I, I just see just That's
1: so a, mu- I guess there's just so much dysfunction there and just the off season they've had. I Maybe. Just, but I, you're right in I, terms I, of talent. I want to see what, yeah.
0: Watson, what happens with Watson. But, I mean, yeah. they, they have a real – they have a pretty nice roster. If, and you know if what? People play.
1: This time a year ago, do you know how many NFL analysts went on the record saying the most talented yeah, roster, true. one through 53, was the Cleveland Browns? This is true. Now, they did less with more than perhaps any team in the NFL a year ago and missed the playoffs. The Lions
0: are everybody's darling this year, and I, I don't know about that. I mean,
1: they're respectable. I shouldn't
0: say everybody's darling. And I guess we're still only talking about 19, or right? Yeah.
1: 20? Uh, 20 versus the Cardinals at 22. Okay. By the way, two more edge rushers off the market. Melvin Ingram, I think we had that last Cardinals underground presented by Pacific Office Automation. Now, speaking of the Browns, Jadavian Clowney turns down more money, much more money. Allegedly. And more years elsewhere. Allegedly. You're right. According to Clowney. And he signs with the Browns for one year eleven million.
0: I, I'm always very wary when it's coming from the players or right from the agent, but we have no names and we have no all yeah, yeah. He gave he there's like seventeen teams that wanted to pay him five years eighty thousand million dollars and but he wa- he wanted to come back for one year, $11 million, because he loves the Browns so $8,
2: much. Eight thousand million million?
1: Well, you know, he's, he's buddies with Miles Garrett. So, you know, that's, that's all the reason right there. So who does that possibly leave on the market right now for the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to a time-time sign at edge rusher? And the only logical conclusion I can come up with, other than Justin Houston, whose name's being thrown about all over in connection with the Cardinals, which I'm not really buying, nor am I much into. How about Carlos Dunlap, though? Carlos Dunlap had a heck of a game in Week 18 when the last place Seahawks pulled out a win against the Cardinals. Do you sign a guy at and, this point? And Carlos Dunlap. Do you? I th- I will say this. You know what makes me feel better about the position? Is we had Dennis Gardeck in 98.7 FM on Monday when I was filling in for Wolf. And, and Gardeck, I asked him about the knee, obviously. You know, the proverbial a guy. Jeez, oh, tell us about the knee. Come on. He said, you know what, I thought it was good last year. He said, but when I got done with the season, I took my time off. I've been in the gym. I got out on the field for these OTAs. Oh, my goodness, is there a difference? He said, what I thought was normal a year ago was not normal. Now I feel normal is what Dennis Gardek said.
0: That's actually pretty good.
1: So it's really, yes, really encouraging.
0: Uh, I, I'm beginning, i beginning, I've thought this for a while, especially when they s- spent two third-round picks on the position. I don't, I can see them signing a veteran or two here, and I said it was running back. I could still see a cornerback. Robert Alford, maybe. Although I'm beginning to wonder that because they did give away 23, that his jersey number. And Usually – Ooh,
1: I didn't see that.
0: Well, usually if you give away a guy's number, it means – that they're not going to stick with him, right?
1: I have a rookie minicamp roster. That's all I have. That's so, who, who, got, who got 23? Jeff Gladney. Ooh, uh, telling. Yes, so, indeed. That is telling. I think it could be a corner. Uh, let, um, let me cross Alfred off the list right here. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Paul, will, I don't know what Paul would do without his props. <laughs> it's like you two with the bickering, we it's don't, just, it's got to have it. St-
2: a lot of people have been, I guess, praising the fact that like we go back and forth. But I feel like it's not necessarily. Maybe it is bickering. I feel like we don't argue.
1: What was the deal? I, I looked just in like the studio. Keep you grounded. The two of you were huddled around a cell phone or something, doing some sort of Zoom, and you guys were in a studio. Who? What was that all about?
2: Darren and I went international.
1: That's true. We Whoa.
2: were on a German bird gang podcast. That's true. We were very gracious. They asked us to be guests on their podcast and with the time change they did it late for them early in the morning for us and they were really great they were very knowledgeable and the questions they asked we had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun. danny
0: didn't learn any german but did you
2: learn any german no okay so darren didn't learn any german
0: (laughs) it was it was it was fun and i'm glad we did it and I, i do appreciate all the international fans that we have because there are a number of them that actually listen to this podcast Believe it or not.
1: Does the German Burg gang have a particular favorite player? Is there like a is there a fan club? It
0: sounds like Bernard Psychovitz right oh, now.
1: Mandatory psycho? Mind- nice mandatory okay psycho. What about so the, the game in Germany this year is Seattle and Tampa? Correct. And man, how about that for knowledge? Huh? Polly Pencilneck pulled that one out. Uh, But the reason I know that is because, man,
0: I'd love to go to Frankfurt. I'd love to go. I I would love to.
1: Did you get any intel from the German Berg gang as to whether they have some movers and shakers and somebody embedded with the decision makers, and can they influence the schedule maker and Raj? Hey, Raj, can you – knock, knock – can you make it happen? Hint, hint, get the Cardinals out in Frankfurt 2023.
0: Well, I wouldn't – first of all, they're asking us if we think that that could happen. (laughs) I see.
1: Well, that that guarantees it's not going to (laughs) happen. I do
0: think we're going to get to a point where there's going to be a lot of international games, and I think most teams are going to ultimately – this is my opinion right now. Okay. Most teams are going to ultimately end up playing an international game every year, whether they're the home or the visitor Whatever you want to call it.
1: If they want to take another preseason game off the schedule, albeit, um, they have my blessing. Just have two? Two That's preseason. That's probably where it's heading. Two preseason games, throw in another bye, and then the international game for everyone. 18? No, That's it, where this you're is, talking is about
0: trending. You 18 game season?
1: Uh, sure. They yes, just add a second because pack.
0: you're you're always going to have twenty. you right. can't, you're not taking yep. away a preseason game.
1: Absolutely, but but that's you, where it's trending eventually. But you two already, preseason, eighteen regular season, and a mandatory international game.
0: Well, why can't you do the mandatory international already? You've got seventeen games, and and then that way you never have to worry about one team having more home games
1: than the other. I'm just saying, you get that extra. You make it palatable to the. You just NFL want to get PA rid of the preseason games. With well, anything you know, I am thankful. I really am thankful that it's gone from four to three preseason games. So no one's more thankful for that. than I yours, thought you Truller.
0: loved doing play-by-play. Well.
1: I do, but that fourth preseason game where, once again, you love the props, so here's what I would do. I have my spotting board, and there would be 100 guys on the spotting board for preseason game, and then you go through and you just cross off the first 70, and you just cross them right off your spotting board, and you're calling four quarters of four-string football. As much as I oh. love going Paulie Pash and calling the play-by-play, it's just – it is a brutal watch. It is Some beneath the caliber of the NFL. Of
0: those players – are living what is left of their
1: dream that night, and you just crap all over
0: them.
2: It's very inconsiderate. Well, it,
1: and, and really, actually, it's kind of hypocritical because I was praising Dennis Gardeck for being that guy four years ago when it was him and Zeke Turner and yeah. Trent Sherfield who were yeah. all undrafted guys who came out of Cardinals camp and made the final 53. And it was interesting to hear Gardeck tell the story that he had a miserable preseason game number four, in his opinion. And he was really nervous. He was really nervous that he wasn't going to – and he said he had seen stuff online where people – a lot of people were speculating, oh, he's going to be one of the last cuts. His preseason game number four stunk out loud. Because remember, they played him at linebacker, inside linebacker. Yeah. He did not fare well. I, I, and, and he said he didn't – he didn't believe, even though after he supposedly made the final cuts, until they got to the Wednesday of game week. He said, by the time he got to Wednesday of game week, he said, well – I'm in too many of these packages on special teams. If I was to get cut right now, they couldn't really feasibly replace me.
0: And that's fair because it is hard because you can make quote unquote, make that roster and then get cut a couple days later when waivers happen. A quick story of Dennis Gardeck when he made the team, I got to know him a little bit uh, when he was a rookie. Cause I had done a story in training camp. Definitely show that. And on cut day, and now I'm going to get in trouble. Um, on, on, for final cuts, I get a little bit of advance notice of, Aww. of who's on those teams so I can have an article ready, right? And it was, I don't know, he had reached out to me about something on DM on Twitter and, we were, like, an hour away from the official announcement. Actually, technically, the official announcement, I believe, is already made, but the, the Cardinals have made it an art of waiting until, like, three hours after the, yes. they have to have it into the league before they want to tell the rest of the world for They some make reason.
1: sure they use all of Darren's Saturday. That's the true. Final, yes.
0: And uh, so I, I DM'd him back, and I said, by the way, congratulations on making the team. <laughs> and he DMed me back, and he goes, he goes, I appreciate that, but I I, I – I, I don't know if I'm going I, – I don't I know if I w- have or not. I'm like, yeah, don't he, don't worry. He, you're on it. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to let him stew in his juices, I guess, because he just wasn't going to believe anything.
1: He wasn't believing that a media member actually had that sort of knowledge and at embedded, their fingertips.
0: Embedded media member. That's right. He's got right. the
2: power, Darren. That's right.
1: That's uh –
0: so, but that's why you know it's just like Wolf always says that's that's one of the reasons Dennis Gardex had such a good career is because he probably is always thinking he could cut at any second, and that yeah. tends to motivate.
1: Well, and and you know he further endeared himself to Wolf when he said he darn well hopes he does not come off any of the teams. He wants to be on all four special teams units no matter what else he does for this team. If he's an edge rusher and, you know because i said look seven sacks and 93 defensive snaps plus you had seven tackles for loss you had 10 quarterback hits i mean you were a tasmanian devil for those snaps you were on defense in 2015 till you went down in week 15 against philadelphia with a knee injury which is another reason probably why he wasn't 100 because he went down so late the season before
0: yeah
1: but um he, I asked him, is it realistic to think you can come anywhere close to that sort of production? And he said, of course it's realistic. Now he's really looking me in the eye. Of course it's realistic. I've already done it. And so, okay. Now, so to your point, Darren, do they get a look at these guys in the first week of training camp? And then they bring in a John Abraham, a Dwight Freeney. guy? Well, I hope they
0: don't bring in John Abraham. I'm you know, pretty sure he's done.
1: Work with me here. The guy who, who who's, has 10, 12 years in the league, yeah. and honestly – Wouldn't mind missing the first two weeks of training camp. And maybe is, you know, positioning himself as such. I'm not going to come in and put on a helmet until I absolutely have to. And so maybe that is the approach at edge rusher. Because you can't tell me you don't look at this roster and still, still wonder out loud. Okay, who exactly is the answer opposite Marcus Golden?
2: I'm not disagreeing with you, but I do think at some point you have to see what you've got. The Cardinals have made, I think, the moves that they could have made up until this point. You have to see what you have in Cameron Thomas and my Sanders. And the moves you've made around them on defense, I think you have to still evaluate what you've already done to figure out what you truly still need. I'm not saying that a move isn't coming later in the offseason or maybe during training camp, whatever else is going on with other teams or anything like that. But I think at some point you have to evaluate what you have and what is the ceiling for the players you've drafted. Before you start making any further moves at this point,
0: I I would tend to agree. I mean, it's funny, and I'm not saying they're all the same people, but every year, you're what? Are, what is the cardinal in this case? Let's just take this case. What are the cardinals going to do about the pass rush? What are they going to do the pass rush? And in the same breath, I hear people say, "Why doesn't this team ever play any rookies? How are they supposed <laughs> to get any better if they don't play any rookies? What are, you know, these draft picks are terrible. You don't play them. I mean, at some point, something's got to give."
1: Well, I mean, something didn't have to give with the Combine. There's my segue to the fact that it's staying in Indianapolis for the next two years. So I know that's music to your ears, right, Darren? In fact, you were the guy saying, good luck. If you're going to move it, good luck. You weren't all that optimistic that it really was going to be feasible and workable somewhere else, right?
0: And I believe that most football people don't believe that. I mean, the people that want to move it are probably a lot of the owners and – the TV people because they're trying to get into a more glitzy, glamorous place than Indianapolis. But for what they're trying to get out of the combine, it makes no sense to me to have it any place else but India. And So to have it be there in the next two years makes a lot of sense.
2: We had but a fun time when we were out there.
1: We did. What did the German bird gang want to know, by the way? Did they hit you? Did they hit you with any questions, any hard-hitting questions, anything? What were they most curious about? The German bird gang football a, was, or otherwise. It
0: was mostly football, but at the end we got to talk about our
1: driving skills.
2: That was a fun question at the end. Oh, um
1: whether the two of you would be uh, capable of handling the Autobahn.
2: If uh, that I, would think, have been funny. I think it was just what well, like what what kind they of driver are we? What like what of... what are like your what what are your <laughs> pet peeves? How does
1: that come
0: up? Oh, it I doesn't they it's... just they they admitted it was kind of this random off the wall question I see.
1: that they like to okay. ask. That they like to ask. Okay.
2: So I learned Man, an interesting thing. Man, can I answer story. that question?
1: I got an answer to that question. Go for it. Tesla guy. Tesla guy with ludicrous speed acceleration. If you really pay attention these days, there are two things you'll notice. People are ridiculously on their phones, way too much distracted driving if you look around. And then number two, the guy inevitably doing 20 plus miles over the speed limit, who's racing in between cars and accelerating at a ridiculous rate, is almost always these days driving a Tesla because they have this insane EV acceleration at their disposal and they can't resist it. That's my pet peeve. Thank you for asking.
2: My pet peeve was driving significantly under the speed limit in front of me or like braking very suddenly and not using your blinker or like you know something stupid like you're changing lanes in the middle of the intersection. You know, just don't be dumb. But but my thing was like if you are going significantly under the speed limit in front of me, I'm not about that. You should tell your story. No, I it.
0: don't need to tell my story. That was a, that's... Then I want listen to the German
2: that. Bird Gang podcast to hear the story of Darren's pet peeve of...
0: I did tell a, a not a great, I wouldn't say road rage, but road <laughs> road not happy
2: story. <laughs> That poor old man. That's all I'm going to say. He was not an
0: old man.
1: Oh, no. Come on, Darren. You're up in Sun City and you ran some guy in a golf cart off the road. What's going on? It might
0: have been a situation where I honked at a guy because he wasn't taking the left and it was about to change. So he decided to pull into the intersection and then stop until it was solid red and another beat and then left, took a left, thinking I was going to get stuck in the intersection.
2: (laughs) So Darren followed him. I
0: might have followed him a little while. I don't think his wife was all that happy with me, or with him. And I don't think my son was all that happy with me. But that's that
1: was a while ago. you got to be careful with that, Darren. You've got to be careful with that.
0: Oh, I've got, I've got some stories I'm definitely not telling on the air, but I might tell you off the air.
1: Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, let's just say, note to self, I'm going to write this down. I'm not hiring Bo Whitlock to teach my 15-year-old who's on a learner's permit right now. <laughs> Man, It'll you're be, old.
0: you got a 15-year-old?
1: Uh, <laughs> I <can't> appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it.
0: Says the guy with a 22 yeah. and a 20-year-old. Did you
1: hire a driving school, by the way, for your kids now? Yes. Now that they're grown adults. Uh, no, but back when they were teenagers, did yes. you get a driving school? You did. Well, you have to because. Have to. When, There's when no I was, law.
0: When I was growing up. There was actually driver's ed, and you could do that through the school, and you can't do that anymore.
1: That's right. Did you have driver's ed, Danny, in high school?
2: I did. It was not through my high school. It was like I went, I went to a class, like a class, right? Like I didn't do. My parents didn't teach me. Like you know, the at least in Texas, you can be like, if you don't go to an organized driving school, you log the hours, and your parents go through a book, and they can do all that. So of course, nobody learns that way. So I actually did an actual driving school.
0: Yeah, that's that, and that's what my kids did, But, but. my old ass when we had driver's ed so you would i there was actually a semester class you went at school it took
2: you a full semester to learn how to drive
0: no no this was the class and then you had you were supposed to take six hours and then it came with it and my my this was i was a junior in high school my freshman algebra teacher was also my driving instructor you were supposed to get two uh i think it was two three hour trips out on two different saturdays where you'd went out and got the thing and then we and he just did two hours instead of three hours each time and then said it was six hours and then I was certified you know I was
2: actually thinking about the
0: greatest driver ever
2: okay I was thinking about drivers at this past weekend because I was downtown I had a parallel park I mean thank goodness I had a camera because I don't know that I could have done it because I don't do it often but I was very proud of myself I got in the spot first try well it took me a couple turns I think
0: the fact that kids today don't have the excitement of of uh of driver's ed and, and driving in those stupid old, like, did you ever have driver's oh ed, Paul? Oh, my goodness. yeah. I Where they had, the ed. like, the fake cars that you drove in and you, you they showed the film?
1: Uh, no, I didn't have that. Oh, sort yeah. like the we, driver we, simulator yeah, type thing? No, I did, I did I mean, not have that. The instructor
2: had their own brake as well, so if you oh, weren't yeah. braking in time, they were slamming on that. <laughs> one time I was in the car, so whenever you did your drivers, like, you had to pass, like, eight tests, right, like, each one. And I remember being in the car with someone, and they had that really – if you're 15, 16 years old, the scenario where the light's changing yellow and you have a snap decision to make up, yeah. do I go or do I slam it's on my hard. brakes? And this person decided to go, technically ran the red light barely, but automatically failed the test because Ugh. of it. Yeah, rough.
0: I'm sure I... My kids did the driving instructor thing, but I also took them out many times. My wife wouldn't. I did. I'm sure... In hindsight, I could have handled it a little bit better, and I'm sure both my sons would probably say it wasn't their most favorite thing in the world, having me in the passenger my seat. My dad
2: always did. <laughs> I only had one scenario where I almost wrecked the car.
0: Okay, last story. I promise, last story. Here we go. My son will kill me, my oldest son.
1: Bonus or Craig The very
0: first time I took him out, we went to the Corona del Sol parking lot, and I said, okay, get behind the, the wheel. And it's a parking lot with speed bumps anywhere, It's a beautiful March afternoon. We roll down the windows. I'm kind of looking at my phone. I'm like, literally, just go straight. I don't want you going. You don't have to go that fast. Just kind of get used to everything. He's literally going 10 miles an hour. I'm 10 miles an hour, and I'm looking at my phone. And again, the windows are down. And somehow, he moves too far this way, scrapes my front passenger tire on a curb, and the next thing I know with the windows down, I hear,
1: Ssss. Oh no! somehow
0: at 10 miles an hour, he got this huge gash in my tire and just ruined it on the spot. <laughs> it was not Dang. the greatest day of my life. I
2: almost drove my dad and I into a, t- a tennis court.
0: Why? Yikes.
2: Yeah. We are parked at the, my high school and like the middle school is right next to it. And so we were in the little parking lot by the track and to the side of the tennis courts. And the parking spaces were very close to the edge of the tennis courts. And I remember, (laughs) I guess not well enough, but I uh, thought I put the car in reverse and I put it in drive. Uh So I hopped the curb and thankfully stopped before hitting the tennis courts. Um, But... I th- I'm sure my dad had me take a little break from driving yes. after that. I
0: remember a break. I, I took my son out another time on the real roads, and we were on the road <laughs> right around Ray and and Warner and and uh, McClintock and and uh, and rural. And after we did that one loop, we were in the car for five minutes. I'm like, I can't. I got. I got to have a month off. I can't do this anymore.
1: <laughs> well. I'll take t- t- so, two thoughts. Two thoughts. T- 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 I'm where you used to be and <laughs> yes. that, you know, the teenager says they're ready and I say no, your old man is not ready. Yes. And then number 2, I think Darren's previous story is the first documented instance of an accident being caused by the passenger who was distracted on his <laughs> phone. Not the driver. How,
0: how did I? How but, was I? Well, the
1: fact that you were on your phone, admittedly, roll back the tape. Darren was on yeah. his phone when he's supposed to be the supervising agent. Oh, no, and, you know, no. he's supposed to be the instructor, and instead of paying attention, I was trying to be
0: the, the dad who wasn't
1: right. micromanaging.
2: And look where that got you. Yeah.
0: That's right. I need to micromanage more, don't yeah. I, Danny? Yeah. That, that, no. That's a good. That's no. good advice.
1: Note to self: I'm going to outsource it. I, somebody, give me a number to the driving school. I, that's got to happen. It's got to happen yeah, around I'm here. So. Okay, there we go. Uh, More road rage stories uh, on the next episode of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.